Welcome to the Free Diving Journal, Episode 6, a study into pulmonary edema or lung squeeze. My name is Donnie. I'm the host of the Free Diving Journal and Free Dive Cafe podcasts. You can find the Free Diving Journal at freediveandthrive.com slash journal and the Free Dive Cafe at freedivecafe.com. Both podcasts are available on all good podcast players such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. The Free Diving Journal is the ultimate source of knowledge and entertainment for the breath hold divers of the world. We do deep dives into free diving technique, science topics and lifestyle practices. We also do a monthly news dispatch with all the latest from around the free diving universe. So today I'm greeting you from the free diving mecca of Dahab in Egypt. For the first time in two and a half years, I'm on the move, guys. It was a bit of a rough trip, a 17-hour layover in Istanbul after a 12-hour flight. Really bad jet lag for the first few days. Uh, I was generally feeling like crap. Uh, took a bit of time to settle into a new environment, new climate, and a new culture. Uh, but one weekend and I'm starting to get into the swing of things and I'm feeling much better. I've had a couple of easy depth sessions, a couple of pool sessions. And after a rest day today, I'm going to really start enjoying myself in the water. All right, yesterday was also a very, spe- yesterday was also a very special day. It was the first time in the six-year history of the Free Dive Cafe podcast that I interviewed a guest in person. I met Denny Romer down by the Dahab waterfront and we did an interview with both audio and video. So look out for that coming sometime. Uh, although I'm mainly here to do my own training, I'll be running a few courses and workshops too uh, from July 14th to 17th. I'm running a level one course including Molchinov's one certification. Blech. From July 19th to the 23rd, I'm doing a level two with wave two certification and excitingly in collaboration with the world famous Dahab Freedivers from July 25th to 35th. And excitingly in collaboration with the world famous Dahab Freedivers from July 25th to 31st, we're running a master's course, uh, that's a Molchanov's Wave 3 course, and into that I'm injecting all the lifestyle practice uh, and dry training workshops that I do. Spaces are limited, but we still have a few open spots. If you will be in Dahab and want to get started with freediving or want to level up your freediving, get in touch at freedivingthrive.com, message me on Instagram at freediveandthrive, or shoot me an email to donnie at freediveandthrive. Okay, today's episode is another science episode. I was I had no intention of putting this one out, but uh, I spoke to Andy. We did the interview, we did the recording, and I was so excited about the content of this. I thought I had to get it out 
ASAP. So we talked yesterday. It's coming out now. Um, we're looking at so, <clears throat> so today we're looking at some research done during the Taiwanese Cup depth competition this year into the prevalence of pulmonary edema or lung squeeze in uh, freedivers. This may be the shortest ever podcast episode I've ever done. <laughs> very close to it. Uh, but for me, one of the most interesting and for the freediving community, perhaps one of the most important lung squeeze, lung barrow trauma is unfortunately a thing that goes hand in hand with our sport. Some try to deny it, some embrace it, but most people know very little about it. And there has been very little signs of this kind done so far. So discussions about lung squeeze are rife with speculation and anecdotes and personal opinions, which is understandable. And this was not a huge study, but it was quite well done and a lot of data was uh, collected and therefore adds nicely uh, to our knowledge. What makes this even better is that I was one of the participants of this study. And if you go to the show notes at freedaventhrive.com slash journal and search for episode five, you'll find my very own lung ultrasound images we discussed in this uh, interview and the images from the other athlete too. Please also bear in mind that the study has not been published yet. So this was just an informal chat about the preliminary findings. Before we get to the interview, and then I'll leave you alone, if you appreciate what I'm doing here, and I spend many, many hours a week producing these two shows, if you would like to say thanks, if you would buy me a coffee, if you met me, then please consider supporting my projects on patreon.com slash freedivecafe. Every small donation helps, and there are extra episodes and bonuses and advantages and so forth for the patrons. I'm having trouble accessing Patreon right now. It appears to be blocked in each Egypt for some uh, reason. Um, I'm not going to pay for a proper v VPN just to access one website. So I can't remember who has recently joined, but if you have uh, a million thank yous to you and big love to you, uh, you can find it all at patreon.com slash freedivecafe. Okay, without further ado, let's head over to meet Dr. Andy and talk about pulmonary edema. We just want to find out a little bit about yourself, like uh, what your name is and uh, where you're from and what you do. Okay. Uh, hello. Um, my name is, uh, uh, you can call me Andy, but my Chinese name is Qi Yingren. And uh, I'm the resident doctor of emergency medicine in Kaohsiung Chang'an Memorial Hospital. And uh, uh, I meet you guys this time because I'm also a research director of uh, our hospital for my project. And uh, the project is about uh, to see uh, free divers uh, if there is any pulmonary edema signs from the portable echo uh, ultrasound system. Okay. Yeah. So um, when you say pulmonary edema, that's what we, you know, uh, commonly refer to as a, a squeeze, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, and I know it's a, it's a little bit of a complicated subject, but we'll we'll get into that uh, later. Uh, are you are you yourself a big lover of freediving? 
Yeah, I'm also a free diver, but not a competitive one, just uh, for fun. Okay, so explain how did the idea come about to do this study? Whose idea was it? Oh, okay, it's uh, it's my idea, and uh, because lung squeeze is quite common in uh, comp competition of free diving, yeah, but. Uh, uh, up to recently, we have the chance to see what actually happened to your lung by using a portable device. Uh, in the past, we can only do it by maybe taking something like chest x-ray, but it is not so available at the beach side or on a boat. Yeah, so recently, because the development of the portable device, so we have a chance to do this kind of study. So just to explain for the listeners about this uh, research that um, you were doing and I was taking part in, we did this in, uh, in, in March um, in the, yeah. during the, the couple of days of the pre-competition before the main competition of the Taiwanese Cup. That was the, the big depth competition in Taiwan that was running for the second time this year. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, including yourself, uh, who else um, uh, was running the study? It's mainly myself, but I have some uh, uh, colleague, and uh, they also come to help me with the job. And uh, uh, most, uh, most, uh, mostly is in our hospital. My colleague and. Uh, we just, uh, uh, as, as you know, we brought a ultrasound device there and uh, we do a pre-test before your dive. And uh, then we do another test after your dive. And uh, we just uh, try to uh, see the image and uh, uh, we, we will bring the image back and uh, let other doctors to interpret the image because it will be more objective yeah yeah so um when you say that we did a pre-test and we did a test after the dive in my case uh, what yeah. happened is um it was the evening before the dive that i went to see you around 8 p.m and we did the uh, yeah. we did a few tests like we did a electrocardiogram and um oxygen saturation and uh, the lung ultrasound and that was a very interesting experience and also a little bit uh, kind of weird to see inside your mm -hmm. your your lung <laughs> um, I didn't really want to look to be honest because uh, I didn't think they would be very healthy um, so let me just um, pull up the uh, the the images that you sent me so you sent me a few images, and for anyone who is listening, these images will be available uh, on the show notes for this episode. And if you are watching on the YouTube version, I will have those images up uh, now as I'm talking on the screen, so you should be able to see them. But they'll also be on the show notes at the freediving uh, at freedivingthrive.com slash journal. Okay. Um, so um, the first uh, slide here shows uh, six images and i believe these are my images yeah those are your images and uh, okay. the three image 
uh, on the left side is the pre-test. That's the image before diving. And the three images on the right are the images after diving. Now, yeah. Now I remember um, that during the pre-test, um, what you're what you're looking for are these uh, things called beelines. Can you explain a little bit about what beelines are and what they mean? Uh, as you can see this image, uh, this image are only one intercoastal space. We are looking for one intercoastal space. And uh, uh, you will see some vertical line. Uh, no, normally horizontal line. Uh, many horizontal line. And then the first one that is uh, close to the upper side of the screen. Uh, let let the 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 light uh the the horizontal line that is the brightness that is the plural line and uh, there is some also go horizontal with that line. We call it a lines. So there will be many a lines from the up to the down of the screen. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you look from the right side, the post test, and uh, you look for the second image, if you look carefully, you will find there is some hurry, uh, some vertical lines from the plural line until the end of the screen. Mm, do, is is that clear? Is that clear um, or you mean uh, the top image on the right? There should be some. Yeah. Uh, okay. Be Vertical. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah. Okay. But in your study, there is no significant finding, so it's not that clear. So if you look for the next slide, there will be be more clear. Okay. So are are we still looking at the top left here? The top because, left. Yeah. Uh, because the the we're we're just looking at the images uh, before the dive now, right? Yeah, the before the yeah. dive. There is uh, actually in your sixth image, most of this image shows only a lines. So what what we're saying is that in the pre dive images of my lungs, there was um, one very insignificant uh, b b line. Is that correct? Yeah. Because we are looking for B lines, and uh, in your image, there is not many B lines. Right, um, and then moving on to the images on the right after the dive, uh, mm -hmm. what do we see? Any difference? Yeah, if you look to the uh, the second image, uh, the the image in the middle. Okay, do you yep. see anything? Looks like vertical layer. Yeah, I see like three vertical lines moving down from the center of the image. That's right. That's what we call B lines. And uh, it means some increase of extravascular fluid in your lung. Huh. You know, that's funny because uh, I thought that um, when, I, when I came on the boat after the dive uh, and you did the scan, mm -hmm. uh, you told me that it yeah. was uh, clear. Yeah, because uh, at the boat, uh, the light is in of the environment is very bright, so I yeah. can see the screen very clearly. But after uh -huh. back home, I I just uh, take it out again, and I will find something else. Huh. Okay. So I'm finding out now at this moment that there was also signs, uh, significant signs of uh, um, 
you know, possibly pulmonary edema in these images after I did the dive. And this was actually a, a 60 meter dive for me, which is um, not at the time, it mm -hmm. was not particularly uh, um, deep. It was very far away from my, my maximum of more than 70. So I just was yeah. doing an easy dive for the mock competition. So you can see that there definitely were no symptoms or any feelings or signs. It just felt like an easy dive for me. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we can see some findings in the image. So we can call it a subclinical finding. You don't have symptoms, but we can still see something from the uh -huh. ultrasound. Uh -huh. okay. Very interesting. Yes, that's very interesting. All right. And then um, we can uh, also, and we have another slide from another athlete here. Um, mm -hmm. Can you t tell us a little bit about these ones, if there's any extra inf information here? Okay, so if you look from this one, the left two image is the pre-test and the right two image is the post-test. And you can see there is very clearly some vertical lines there, right? Right. Okay, and this diver, he has some uh, symptoms yeah, and also have some uh, a, a period of desaturation about uh, uh, even he's under an O2, but uh, the, the saturation from the pulse meter is still below 95%. So mm. he has clear symptoms and also clear image finding. So it's, a, it's not a subclinical finding, it's a clinical finding. Right. Yeah, this is interesting because you can see the very, very strong vertical line. Um, especially on the top image. And I think on the bottom image, you can see vertical lines on both kind of the middle and the right side of the image. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And uh, if we want to find a significant finding, we, uh, we have some criteria. And uh, one criteria is we have to find two intercoastal space with more than three B lines. So in the image I showed you is already two intercostal space with three uh, B lines. So clinically it is uh, positive and uh, imagically it is also positive. But in your case, you, you just have one view that showed one intercostal space with three B lines. So you are still category in our negative finding. Let's just uh, have a look at the, the numbers from the study then, and we can break down um, the, the findings. I know that this is still a little bit uh, preliminary, but we're, so we're talking about mm -hmm. this uh, informally. Uh, what will, do you know already what the name of the study will be? The name? Uh, not yet. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I don't know much about yeah. research. I'm not sure if you decide before or after <laughs> or during. Um, Okay, so tell us how many athletes were studied uh, during this uh, research, Andy. Okay, we have 25 participants. And um, I mean, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to ask you what their ages were, but I mean, uh, I can tell you I was probably the, the oldest person uh, at the mock competition, almost the oldest person at the mock competition. It's, it's a lot of, lot, and I'm 38. There's a lot of young people yeah. in, involved in free diving. So a lot of these uh, athletes were between the ages of like 20 and, um, and 30. Yeah, most really. uh, of the 
most of the divers uh, in this study is about uh, from 25 to 40. Right. And um, yeah. for of those athletes that you studied, what percentage of them had lung issues or had uh, significant indications of lung issues uh, during the pretest? Okay. Yeah, you mean uh, in a pretest, right? Yeah, in the pretest. Yeah, in a pretest, uh, is about eight percent. So, so when you say that means that eight percent of those people. Um, they had like they had like more than three B lines or three B lines or more or even just one B line is counted in that number. Oh, even only one is counted. Okay, okay. Uh, and then after yeah. diving, what percentage of divers showed signs of uh, issues? Okay, after diving, there is about forty-four percent, which means uh about eleven divers showed positive finding in uh, all 25 divers okay and does that include my my own reading that wasn't uh yeah does no, that include you my own are reading? In a, no you are in the negative category. yes like like you just said that i was in the negative so this is super interesting so 44 percent is almost 50 percent so almost half of the divers um were positive and even though I showed uh, these three B lines, which has clinical significance, then uh, I was not included. So it could be that even more than 50% of the divers are experiencing uh, some kind of um, even, you know, mild uh, edema, right? Yeah, that's right. Huh, very interesting. Um, what is the shallowest depth that Mm -hmm. produce the uh, long issues uh, findings okay if we just uh, count uh, the positive findings uh, some, uh, such as you you are categorized in the negative one so you are not counted so if we are just counted for the positive finding the, uh, the shallowest uh, diving depth is 47 meters right and uh, if we count the the, the negative results also, what would be the shallowest depth? Do you remember? Uh, I think it's about 39. Okay, okay. so still yeah. quite deep. But not. I'm not quite sure. Right, quite deep. And, you know, just for the, for the listeners, for you guys, we had divers uh, diving anywhere from 20 to 105 meters in this competition. So um, there was a very wide range of... Um, of uh, dives, like I say, my dive that was um, that I was tested on was 60 meters. I then went on to do a 70 meter dive a couple of days later. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, it, it's food for thought. What percentage of divers uh, also showed? You uh, know, because what what we often do when we come off the uh, the uh, go onto the boat after a dive session is I'll always check my oxygen saturation uh, because we have oxygen on the boat. So I think that if anyone has signs of desaturation, then they should be the first ones to have access to the oxygen, for example. But w of those divers who, um, who showed, uh, what percentage also showed low O2 saturation in combination with their okay. findings on their ultrasound? Okay, only two divers showed low uh 
uh, saturation from pulse oximeter. Right. So two out of eleven. So only yeah. so um, less than twenty percent of those divers that had positive findings, and I was a negative finding. Uh, less than twenty mm -hmm. percent of them actually showed low oxygen saturation. So that maybe suggests that um, the pulse oximetry, the oxygen saturation readings, might not be so helpful after all. Uh, not really, because uh, in our situation, there is free O2 you can use on the boat. So most of the divers, they just uh, come up with uh, the O2 breathing. So in this situation, uh, we, uh, we expect um, most of the diver will have a very good saturation because they are breathing O2, not room, not room air. But I did not use the O2 when I came onto the boat. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. most of the divers do. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nobody so, told me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the well, O2 no problem. is just there. Everyone can grab it and uh, All use right. it. Yeah, well, we must have had a communication breakdown there then um so um so and then and then for the final question um of those 11 divers who mm -hmm. uh had positive findings how many of them actually experienced symptoms yeah uh about four out of 11 they have some symptoms such as uh coughing or uh some uh feeling of shortness of breath or some even have the uh, uh, mild hemoptysis. So hemoptysis is a, a coughing up of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cough with okay. some blood. After doing this study, uh, what do you find most interesting about the the findings? Okay, uh, because uh, actually, this is the first time we really see something from the lung just from the divers just come up and uh, just ride on the boat. Uh, before we just uh, see divers that do not recover very well and they will visit our hospital and we take x-ray and see the image finding. Yeah, but uh, this time we got the, the, the image that is just fresh, just right on the boat. Yeah, and uh, it is exciting because it's a fresh data and uh, 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 also we are surprised about the proportion of finding we will we, we, we found yeah I don't expect to see about 50% of divers to show positive finding actually yeah you know uh, I'm thinking uh, because obviously we uh, we recover, we also do recover from edema. Um, do you think this study needs to be or could be improved by also doing a follow-up test or follow-up tests, say like uh, later in the day and then maybe the next day and maybe a week later, like that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, for, uh, for, 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 for divers that showed significant symptoms or desaturation, and also show the uh, positive image finding. We I think uh, it works to follow up them because we also wondering how much it takes to, to get fully recovery. Yeah, and uh, it's still a mystery now. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any plans to 
to expand this uh, study and uh, and do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in the future, but because there's uh, only a few uh, depth uh, depth competition in Taiwan, and uh, uh, it's we don't have a lot of chance to to reach a lot of uh, deep divers. Yeah. So yeah, may, maybe in the future, I think. Yeah, would you maybe go to the Philippines for a for a holiday and uh, and and do the study there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully the Taiwanese Cup will go ahead next year too, and you know maybe you you can do something there. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. Oh, but I have to uh, remind you one thing because uh, although we did a pretest and find 8% of abnormality finding. Uh, but those divers are training there for yes. top of Yeah, so maybe that's not their baseline. So it's something to take into consideration. Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you, um, to be honest, uh, on that day, yep. I had already done, I had all, that on that day, I had done a, a deep dive, I think. Maybe I'm I'm not okay. sure, but it, if it wasn't that day, it was just the day before, and I would have been diving uh, at seventy. And I remember in those days we had very strong currents, and the diving was a little bit strenuous mm -hmm. and like uh, difficult surface conditions. So, uh, and then the day of the study, I was feeling kind of like very very tired and um, a little bit of heaviness okay. in my in my lungs. So that is definitely not. Uh, the the baseline for me yeah and you know whether that is just a fatigue or whether it is also uh, one of the symptoms uh, it's impossible mm -hmm. to say i think yeah that's true and uh it's for many divers this situation yeah do you have any advice for free divers in general after having um done the study okay i think uh because we we also followed about two or three divers they that have symptoms on the boat for about two to three hours and uh, uh, yeah we, we still see some findings up to three hours and uh, on the pretest day there's also a diver he had some symptoms in the morning and uh, he come to our uh, place for for pretest about 12 12 hours after that dive and we still see a lot of beelines from the image so uh, maybe it takes more times than we thought before to fully recover from the pulmonary edema situation so uh, for divers I think if there is clearly symptoms and uh, if you still do not feel good then enough rest before a next deep dive is required and uh, about how long it takes i'm not still i'm still not quite sure about it but uh, it might takes about days yeah that's a that's a tricky thing to to because because obviously we 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 can't really tell the severity of or, you know like of the injury if it's if it's something that is kind of a a natural process or if it's really a an injury right yeah that's right yeah um so yeah the tricky thing is that 
in in my case, for example, if I am if I'm uh, um, diving regularly and I don't really feel uh, I don't really feel any symptoms, or maybe I just feel the occasional like heaviness in my chest or the you know slight niggle that you know could be associated with other things, and I'm diving repeatedly and, and doing a training block like I'm I'm doing now. Um, and if you were to come with the lung ultrasound every day, you might see, um, uh, do you think you might see like, uh, in- increasing signs of injury, even though I don't feel anything. And that, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? I'm not quite sure about it actually. And, uh, I, I don't think the, there will be something increasing actually, but it might right. not re- fully recover. Well, that's um, that's fascinating to talk to you, Andy. And it's um, you know I think the takeaway lesson here from from uh, obviously we still have a lot more work to do. There has not been a lot of uh, work done like this, uh, um, especially not having divers tested right off the boat right after a dive. But um, it's yeah. the takeaway message for free divers is that um, it's maybe much more common than you thought to to experience pulmonary edema uh, even with relatively yeah. uh, shallow dives and that um, you may be you may be having small pulmonary edemas uh, even with no symptoms at all yeah that's right Andy thank you so much for for having this call with me we have a really nice little episode of the free diving journal podcast here another science episode uh, please keep me updated on uh any new findings that you have or any plans that you have to do more research i i will be back in taiwan soon i will uh, i would love to take part at any any time in any of this uh research yeah thank you for dealing with the the poor audio setup and the low internet quality but i think we have uh, a nice episode here yeah thank you for inviting me and uh have a nice day in egypt Thank you very much. Okay, enjoy the rest of your day there in Taiwan. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. All right, so I'm sure you'll agree that was all very interesting. Let me know what you think about these results. Remember that this was just an informal discussion about preliminary findings and is not the uh, final say. Um, I'm looking forward to, it seems that Andy is motivated to do more studies like this. I'm looking forward to finding out what happens and maybe even being a a participant again in in these studies. Uh, The little ultrasound device that he had was pretty cool. Uh, It's um, a portable thing you can plug into a laptop or even an iPad, but it costs about, I think the one he had was about 10 grand. Um, I think it would be really cool to have one. So if anyone wants to buy me one for a Christmas present, then um, I think you can get cheaper ones. Uh, so coming up next on the podcast scene, um, hopefully before the end of the month, I will release the second deep dive episode about pre-dive breathing or breathe-ups. Um, definitely at the start of, uh, of um, July, we'll have the next uh, news uh, dispatch with uh, Jordi. Uh, of course, we have to cover the... Um, 
the World Championships, the IDA and CMAS World Championships are both happening uh, this month. Uh, next up on the Freedive Cafe will be Swedish apnea breath holder, static apnea um, maestro Rami Bladlav. That will be out in a few days or before the end of next week. So it's all going on and uh, I'm making some videos and getting some uh, pictures and stuff out here. I'll keep you guys updated with how my training has gone. Of course, if you're a patron, you can follow my uh, spreadsheets, my training spreadsheets and things like that. So you can see exactly like what I'm doing every day. I try to I try to fill it in each day or if not by the end of the next day um, so that I don't forget too much what I've done. So until we speak again, my dear friends, dive safe. <laughs>